podcast. You're like doing something silly and I'm just like laughing in the background. <laughs> we just need a little piece of that. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Letters from the Mezzanine podcast. 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 Um, Live. <laughs> no. From the swag living room. I'm drinking this Moscato. Sarah's ah. drinking whiskey. And we all having our damn good time. <laughs> yes. Um, how are you? I am A-OK, partner. I don't know where I got that from. <laughs> I've been doing it for years. Um, I'm good. My boyfriend's in Detroit. Not right now, uh, but he's on his way in a little car with two guys named Charlie. Oh, he's driving there? How long does it take? No, two guys named Charlie are driving there. <laughs> he doesn't know how to drive. <laughs> Um, ten, <laughs> ten hours. Oh, with a little pit stop at you a know, hotel. I was looking into like today in one of my moments of anxiety. I was like, hmm, what <laughs> if I them. go? What if I go to Quebec? And then I looked up, <laughs> and it's not even like that far. And then like Montreal is even closer. In mm-hmm. fact, I could hit up like Toronto, Montreal, and Quebec in in a week. When you get your license. Oh. No, that's why there's like Metro North and Yeah, but come on, don't you wanna don't you wanna drive? Don't you wanna be in control? One day. Pick your route. Okay. Yeah, one um, day. Me too. Me too one day. Yeah. And the other reason why we're excited is because we get to talk about two awesome shows. Yeah, yo. Yeah. Yes. Um the first we, one Yeah, the first yeah is uh <laughs> Is American Psycho, which just announced today that it was clo- it's closing mm-hmm. when? Sorry, Sarah, I wasn't prepared. Uh, um, officially open April twenty first. It's closing on June fifth. Oh, so that's having like played a, a total of eighty one performances. Yeah, they should have let them get to a hundred. Come on. Yeah, well, let them have a little party at um Sardis and you know. Yeah, but it was. It's not nominated for any awards, and Ugh. so it's kind of like... It is for set design. Ay. And that is a gorgeous set. Right? Yeah, it's a very interesting set. Yeah, I adore it. It's a multi With David Annika paintings. <laughs> yeah. Um, both Maricel and I saw it in London when it was at the Almeida with, Theater. Um, Matt with Smith. Matt Smith and... I think it was it New Year's Eve that we were there. Because didn't we go to like a New Year's Eve party? Yeah. Right after. And it I didn't remember if it was right after. It probably was right after. Yeah, and it was horrible. And then we went to a Mexican restaurant, and I spilled a margarita on the table and sipped it up with a straw. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, when I saw it in London, I wasn't that into it. But right. seeing it on Broadway with the edits that they've made. And with Benjamin Walker as Patrick Bateman. Patrick. Yes, Patrick Bateman. I, I keep going back and forth between Patrick and Jason Bateman. <laughs> yeah. With him as Patrick Bateman, him bringing his, like, super hardcore acting chops to the role. Matt Smith was great, okay? But I think Ben Walker really gave Patrick Bateman this vulnerability and humanity that wasn't present. In, yeah, in yeah. Public. Like, he was almost likable. Like, I was kind of cheering in for fact, yeah, Patrick. In to... fact, I feel like he is he he is a really sympathetic character. And, like, mm-hmm. of the many, 
men, you know, white privileged men that are in the character list, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick seems to be the one who is most like socially conscious and definitely like, you know, we you get more of a sense that he's like repressing all the the care that he has for the world. Yeah. And um yeah. and that he he has to adopt this disguise. And then there's that whole like, you know, animalism and the whole oh, second act. Yes. I mean he's basically uh like naked <laughs> in well, his undies his, for the whole second groups. act. Yeah, and and he's like uh he turning almost turns into, into this... like the creature of Frankenstein in a way. Like he's carrying on normal dialogue with other characters and they don't they like he in reality he's probably suited up in Armani like he usually is Mm -hmm. but we see like this primitive more stripped literally fair yeah Yeah. like but yeah like how he how he feels we see how he feels yeah which is something that was not in the yeah it was London production yeah and in the London production they they um First off, in the London production, they started off the show with this like crazy loud crashing sound that like made me jump out of my skin. They, this one did it too. No, yes, it did. Maybe they did the crazy loud sound, but they didn't have the men and women in business attire right. standing in the rows staring creepily at the audience members. Like that was really freaky, and I feel like it didn't really fit with the plot. Yes. You know? Um, yeah, and there was this really annoying Queen song uh, yes. at the beginning of yeah. the show. And I feel like it, it was at the beginning of the show, and then I think they reprised yeah, it later. Oh my God. It was like, it was a really right. big deal in the, in the London, London show. And then in this New York show, they, they stuck um, with the reprise. But just very minimal, like, like he only sings. Yeah, and it still a wasn't a good song. Yeah, it could have done without. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm clean. <laughs> God. No, sorry. I yeah, like but definitely, we definitely appreciated the Broadway production. Mm-hmm, Why do you think it wasn't so successful? I definitely think that um, American Psycho is not a perfect musical, right? Yeah. But it's, I think it's really, really good, worth seeing before it closes, for sure, especially for Benjamin Walker's performance. Yeah. And the performance of his fiancée, Evelyn. Yeah, Helene, Helene York. Yes, she was absolutely fantastic. The whole yeah, cast she's is hilarious. very great. And his his co-workers are, are really wonderful, too. Yeah, um, we got a... Um, uh, Frick, what's it called? Next to Normal reunion there. Yes, with Alice Ripley and, and Jennifer so Dan- Damiano. Damiano. Um, it was so weird seeing Alice Ripley in like, a role that's not in a song. chorus. Like, yeah, yeah. I was thinking like this is like a big deal person, and she's you know playing the mom and the chorus member, but she really worked it. Yeah. You know? And her voice and the harmonies and stuff that oh, the chorus yeah. had, like, it would have fallen apart without that, like, deep, rich voice, like, right. carrying the, the higher voices. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but everyone is fantastic. Like, um... It's, like, the most athletic yeah, show I can't <laughs> I can't find the actress's name now, but the ensemble member who plays... 
the prostitute that um, is it Holly James? Holly James, yes, Holly James will play Christine, or was it Sabrina? <laughs> I think it was Christine. Yes, uh, yeah, I wanted the one who wore the wig, and she was also the aerobics teacher, and yeah, she was fantastic. Like, ah, oh, I just adore her. Um, I have my own theories of why it wasn't as successful. I think Tell me. one is that there weren't really any big names in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Benjamin Walker's like, you know, done movies and stuff, but he's not really uh, recognizable. Oh, well, also, I think um, Brett Easton Ellis doesn't mm-hmm. really have a great reputation because <laughs> um, he can kind of be a douchebag uh, and he's the author of the original novel. Uh, and number three, I think it's also, um, it's a weird musical. Like, it's it's not, like, the kind of thing that dazzles you or, like, really gets you swept up. And, uh, like, it's it's a very different type of storytelling, I think, than, than theater goers are used to. Yeah. It borders on the experimental almost. Yeah. And it's a it's an interesting combination of um, original music and choral arrangements of Phil Collins songs. And <laughs> yeah, and other um, tracks from Patrick Bateman's playlist. Yeah, um, we've talked before about the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the lyrics aren't very deep, mm-hmm. um, and and it's. Like, we get it, like, I think the intent behind it is that, you know, the Patrick Bateman's world is, um... Very superficial, and... Right. um, And everybody just kind of, uh, is obsessed with name brands and, you know, these kind of slogans and stuff. It's very much, like, 1980s, 1990s commercialism and consumerism. Um, but, but then at the same time, we are kind of left... Wanting more depth mm-hmm. and more richness. And like, for example, like, the clean song. Yeah. Now I'm clean, the things I've seen, now I'm clean. And then the chorus sings, now he's clean. <laughs> okay, like, that's... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, that, the lyrics are pretty disappointing. And when I, when I was writing on the high of the show, I was thinking, well, the lyrics are, you know, mirroring the superficial... Uh, shallowness of like the 80s culture of economics and mm-hmm. you know like and the business and stuff, world yeah. um but then like the more I had like the music stuck in my head I realized how much I actively didn't want to think about the lyrics <laughs> yeah. because the music is really good I think so yeah um, yeah, like, even that yeah. last song that mm-hmm. he sings, yes, um, is like really beautiful, and I feel mm-hmm. like it's supposed to be this really moving song. And then when you pay attention to the lyrics, they're like really look at jumbled. what's been done here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and I do not exist. <laughs> well, I do not exist. I actually thought that that was a good lyric. Yeah. But anyways, I I also really like how this. Um, this production, like, really implicates the audience. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, Ben Walker off, like, repeatedly directs many of his lines, like, to us. And then, like, he comes around the audience um, throwing paper money mm-hmm. at us. 
And I was like, like, there were people who were in front of us who were, like, grabbing at the money. And I'm like, no, you fools. Like, this isn't what you're not supposed to do. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. his point. Uh-huh, yeah. We're all money-hungry, greedy people. Um, and also, um, one of his business associates, the, the man he pretended to be, Paul Owen, um, when he's introduced to the audience, he's, um, like, basically pitching to us and charming us mm-hmm. down the aisles. And then yeah. there were a couple of latecomers in the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Benjamin Walker, like, totally gave them shade. Mm-hmm. You know, in character. Yeah. Yeah, it, I liked that dimension of, mm-hmm. of um, self-awareness. And... Yeah. Oh, I really liked um, Jennifer Damiano's song, where she sings, um, Am I Someone He Can Linger On? Okay, mm. like, that character... Oh my god, you started cracking up. Yeah. So there was... (laughs) Alright, that character is so two-dimensional. Like, I'm just... I'm wanting to, like, clap in her face and be like, Girl... Girl. What, what what are you doing? Why are you into him? Uh-huh. Like, she sees something good in him, which I guess you and I also saw something good in right. him. Right, you know? yeah. I think the fact that she sees something good in him makes us uh, realize that That he, we're not crazy. Yeah, and that he might actually have some redeemable qualities mm-hmm. of, of like, all the people who mm-hmm. work with him. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I remember. I remember liking this song more this time around mm-hmm. than well, her I voice did in the London so one. Luscious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the performer in London was also amazing. But, but yeah, like the like the scene right before he's he's walking into his office and he's all like animalistic and clearly disturbed. And then the first line of her song is something like. He doesn't look very good. <laughs> like he, he looks a little. It seems like something is wrong. Oh yeah, it seems like something is wrong. And then my <laughs> smell <like>, left. <laughs> it's like a no jar. <laughs> There's blood spattered everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, I love how. Even though a lot of it is so dated, right? Like the music and the uh-huh. costumes and. Yeah. Um and the references and stuff. Mm-hmm. So much of it is still relevant today. Like. Uh, all, like the Donald oh, yeah. Trump um, mm-hmm. line. Yeah, Bateman spoke about how much he admires the art of the deal. Yeah, and um, it's just ridiculous how how twenty years later we're still in the same uh, in many of the same circumstances that we were in the eighties. Yeah. Even though you know, even though we've had books like American Psycho that show <laughs> exactly how. Um, Greedy and and uh, capitalist, we've become. I think it deserves it deserved a lot more acclaim than it received. Mm-hmm. I think, especially when I see musicals that don't deserve acclaim oh. receive it, like like that, you know, uh, like uh, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was a really great show. I'm glad that we we caught it. It felt like a really special mm-hmm. night mm-hmm. for us. Yeah, like it, I felt like I was watching a new musical, not like watching the London production for a second time with a couple changes. It really did feel like really revamped. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, let's um let's move on to the total bent yes. at the public theater. Written by Heidi Rodwald and Stu. And Stu. So um we are both humongous fans of Passing Strange. Passing Strange, which Stu oh. and Heidi also wrote. Uh, I think eight years ago, and also performed at the public, and then mm-hmm. had the a Broadway transfer. And um, and Passing Strange was was uh, uh, like an autobiographical musical mm-hmm. about Stu's journey from you know being a young black man in Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, like or, a California, like somewhere, somewhere in California. California. To like you know traveling across Wanting Europe to more and worldly and to like shed his skin and find his identity, um, and then realizing that like wherever you go, there you are, basically. Yeah, um, and um, and like him becoming an artist, basically. Yeah, and, and this this, this yeah. show might have had some autobiog- autobiographical twists to it, but, but not yeah. so blatantly as Passing Strange. Um, yeah, I was surprised to not see any cast members from Passing Strange. Like right. that was that was a little surprise. Well, um, Coleman Domingo is like on television now. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, but <laughs> but it still had a lot of similar themes, right? Like the the idea of growing up and finding your voice mm-hmm. and, and religion being, and music right. being a vehicle for for inspiration and for spirit, even in and transgression, like even, yeah, like a political circumstances, yeah, like politics is personal, mm-hmm. art is politics, um, but and yeah, like Passing Strange kind of briefly touches on religion in the beginning, but this mm-hmm. musical is really, really heavy on the religion. Um, it, in many ways, I think Passing Strange was a lot more accessible, mm-hmm. um, maybe because. Might have even been the sorry, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe because it was like, uh, it, well, I definitely think Passing Strange had more narrative to it and more like exposition to it, and mm-hmm. and even though I remember the first time I saw Passing Strange, I was confused, um, like it moved a little too quickly for me, and I guess I wasn't used to watching this kind of musical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it is very different, and it. And it can be very poetic, right? Like, a lot of the lyrics... Are ones that you want to look up and read. Yeah. And and also, I think at the time that I first saw Passing Strange, I didn't really, you know, identify with with it or, like, Mm -hmm. you know... um, The life experience factor. Yeah, I didn't have the life experience at the time. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) the music in the total bent, I believe, is much more faster-paced than... The music in Passing Strange. Like, right. songs like Arlington Hill and Keys, like, go nice and slow. Like, I feel like those sorts of songs aren't really featured in Total Bent. Maybe, maybe one from, um, from the character Marty Roy, who's the young black musical prodigy, um, who's the son of Joe, Joe Roy, who is a very famous television preacher and... Right. He doesn't start off on television, but he starts off, like, healing people in tents in Montgomery, Alabama, and, you know, like, right. riding on that evangelist kind of wave. Um, yeah, and I think Total Bent 
like every song has really deep meaning and there's a lot of illusions and a lot of really abstract um and complicated ideas in it and it's like it's super enjoyable and really fascinated fascinating if you're able to keep up and there were times where i i felt i wasn't able Mm -hmm. to keep up i just wanted to press pause so that i can think about the lyrics that were just sung before more awesome beautiful lyrics were going to pass me by Um, Mm -hmm. yeah the first song was so hilarious that joe roy sings um he he sings um i did some fucked up shit and he forgot about it he referring to god Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> that's why I used to be a rebel. Now I pimp slap the devil. That's why he's Jesus, and you're not whitey, right? That was great, right? And and that theme of like forgiveness and um and redemption, and also like uh, race relations and stuff, it, it carries through the the rest of the musical. Like mm-hmm. the fact that Jesus can forgive. But, like, you know, a father can't forgive or a white person can't accept a black person or, you know. Um... Mm-hmm. And there's also the the conflict of whether fighting for equality, fighting to be able to sit wherever you want on the bus or in the diner, if that is an act of selfishness, if that is turning away from true freedom, which is in the afterlife with God, like, according to Joe Roy. Mm-hmm. Um, like Joe said, like you can, you want equality, you're gonna be just as happy as white people, and white people aren't very happy. Like what you really need to be doing is gospel music and preaching to the Lord, and you know things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it and it moves like through so many different. Like I feel like initially it's about civil rights and all that stuff, and and definitely civil rights carries through the musical but then the focus shifts more on like authenticity and what does it mean to mm-hmm. be a, a black voice in pop culture mm-hmm. and, and in pop music and, and a black gay voice like yes. the intersection between marty Roy's race and sexual orientation was really strong like of course it's strong but um like there was a lot of dissonance between those two identities Mm -hmm. like um like we can tell that the father would absolutely not approve of marty being open and gay right that question of like black masculinity Mm -hmm. yeah and and then the music that that marty produces which is gospel but with a top 40s spin to it yeah has like um has references to bisexuality and homosexuality mm-hmm. you know um saying like you better lock up your daughters and your sons mm-hmm. because marty Roy is coming to town you know and it was kind of like religion swirled with sexuality which like for conservative religious people are like two totally separate things you know yeah so that that was interesting you know was it Marty or was it Joy Joe that sang the that Mary Magdalene song? Um, oh, I'm I, I, I think it was I think it was Marty, because I feel like Joe also like his songs were also you know like they're gospel music but they're not exactly like you know 
Bible songs mm-hmm. or like church songs. They're yeah, like it's not they're coming... also transgressive in their own way, and and you feel the the resentment and mm-hmm. the um like neither one is claiming to be a pure person or like the best Christian on earth, mm-hmm. but like the kinds of Christianity in the sense of what they believe and how they practice it, like between father and son are two very different kinds of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, especially when it came to... Well, actually, no. In, in a way, Joe Roy also um, expresses his sexuality a lot, too. That he put his healing hands on a lot of women. A lot uh-huh. of women were begging to be healed, and he was ready to heal them, you know? Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Yeah, some, some other, like, kick-ass lyrics... Or, like, where the Negroes you liberals read about. I'd rather be hosed by police than read my diary on a stage. I want to bring mm. the wrong one to church one day. Jesus ain't sitting in the back of the bus. Mm. I'd rather be paid in dollars than social change. That's something that Joe oh, Roy, that's great. Yeah, that's that Joe Roy said. Like, this is the kind of musical that, like, I needed to have my journal in my lap because okay. there were just so many kick-ass lyrics that I just wanted to jot down and never forget, you know? This musical also implicated the audience a lot, too. Um, yeah. Like, there there was this kind of uh, self-reflective joke that Stu made at one point about, like, being a young black artist who has to Write like songs to water to down people, yeah, yeah water down his message to pander to mm-hmm. white people and he kind of points to himself and yeah. the lights of the house go up a little bit uh-huh. you know to like make us all aware that he's talking about us mm-hmm. um and then there's also most of us there were a, there were a number of people of color yes that's the true because yeah. the public is sexy yeah um and then also marty once marty becomes more popular he Talks about having a white audience, and um, and also about the costs of of his performances. Right, mm-hmm. like one of his backup singers tells him that he's you know, a singing. I I forgot the exact phrase, but it was something oh, along the lines yeah. of Uncle Tom. Yeah, yeah, and that um, basically I, like mm-hmm. his message is for young black people, but they can't afford to see the show, mm-hmm. right? Oh, right, and that's yeah. something that. Clearly, you know, a lot of um, Broadway mm-hmm. and off-Broadway theater faces yeah. is like, how are we going to extend our audience when the price of tickets are mm-hmm. ever higher and higher? Yeah, and Marty speaks about um, how he's on the cover of the London Times, but not on Ebony or or other, like, magazines that target the black population. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, lots of like it's like how do you, how do you be an authentic musician and how do you also like exist within a social mm-hmm. awareness and, yeah. and uh, respecting your the past, respecting the present times and respecting yourself all at once. Yeah, it's super, um, almost like contradictory at times. <laughs> oh yeah, but um. But yeah, I think we should also talk about the fact that there was a fire drill during our performance. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, like two-thirds of the way into the show, mm-hmm. we had a fire drill, and everybody had to stop and leave 
Mm-hmm. Like, literally in the middle of a song. Like, Marty Roy, played by... Addo... Addo Blinkson Wood. Yes. Who is freaking amazing. Everyone is amazing, but oh my god. <laughs> he was, like, literally standing on a table, like, working it, doing some pelvic thrusts. And then it's like, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we must pause the show and go outside. Yeah, so we all went outside and we saw Stu and and <laughs> across the street and, uh-huh. and Heidi we're just and the cast like just kind like of standing around, glaring at them, <laughs> glaring with love, with love. Yeah, we were just kind of like in awe. But um, but it, it's interesting. Like it, I love I love those moments where you kind of are brought back to your senses that mm-hmm. like yeah, we're in a theater with other people and this mm-hmm. is live, you know, and this yeah. is. Um, a whole there's a whole like live yeah I think I happening. like this show doesn't have an intermission I needed an intermission yes you know to really like process things and yes. let, let yeah. the music and lyrics like really soak in me so I I was grateful for that fire drill yeah <laughs> um, although we're not like a hundred percent it was a drill right oh right yeah yeah it, um, it was just some kind of alarm. the fire alarm went yeah off. how would you characterize like like I would say, okay, Sue in the first one, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, in Passing in Strange, Passing he he's very much like a narrator, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he sings a lot more in Passing Strange. Oh, yeah, like even though Daniel Breaker is kind of like his the main mm-hmm, the character, yeah. Um, Stu is definitely like the wiser, you know, older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the and, omniscient. Yeah, yes. how would you characterize what he does? In this one. Hmm. Well, in some cases, he's just sitting on the couch with the rest of the characters, just darting his eyes back and forth while they're arguing. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, he, like, he's he acting. He wasn't, yeah, you know? he was like, I, And it was, it was really nice to see him, like, watching his own play and, like, watching it as if he were watching it for the first time, you know? Yeah. Um, that was kind of nice, but then he would, then he would do a little, like, he would narrate a line here and there, or he would, um, he would jump in once in a while Mm -hmm. and make a joke, or, um. And maybe that might be why it was difficult to follow as compared to Passing Strange. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we didn't have that, like, narrator saying. That central, like, focus. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, even in Passing Strange, he he was like literally in the center mm-hmm. with everything kind of happening around him. But here he was a lot more removed and um, in the background, yeah, and just kind of like another ensemble member in the story. I mean, what who does a lot of who narrate? Does anybody narrate? No, like I guess maybe Blackwell narrates a little bit, maybe a bit, but no, yeah. Yeah, the characters kind of just yeah. It was a different kind of storytelling stuff. Yeah, sometimes they spoke in the third person. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, they just say things. <laughs> yeah, like they're <laughs> living in the moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we we definitely recommend it. I think it's it's like a crazy mind. Fuck. <laughs> but it's also it's definitely one of a kind. 
Um, yeah, and and if, like total opposite of American Psycho, like the lyrics here are so oh. rich and deep, and I I can't wait for the album to come mm-hmm. out if there is yes. one, so I could just find mm-hmm. more and more meaning in it. Yeah. Um, like I know we're kind of closing things off now, but another thing in the show that I think is worth talking about was when um, Blackwell says to Marty. Like, I do not understand why black people still believe in God. Yes. And um, and then later on in the show, Blackwell himself becomes a religious person. That, like, Joe Roy, the father, like, turns him around and makes him, like, see the light. While, like, Marty Roy is now, like, quote-unquote, in the darkness. Because he's, like, on the top 40 and all that. Mm. Um, yeah, just that idea of, like, why, like, why would a people who have gone through so much suffering believe in a God? And if God does exist, then he's racist. Yeah. And, um, like, there were some very heavy topics that the characters had to confront and that we as an audience had to confront yeah i and i feel like we're almost like simplifying it because i think that song even has so much more yeah yeah if i could even just yeah i I feel like we're giving we're yeah i don't mean to give yeah exactly yeah. (laughs) yeah like i'm i'm giving a very simple reduction of the song but yeah um yeah uh another thing (laughs) <laughs> now yeah. that now that we're on this track, um, like his mother kind of shows up in the end at, at the in end. a weird way. And the ending I'm, was very confusing. Na- yeah, but now I'm realizing that there aren't any women in this show. Hmm. Like only Heidi, mm-hmm. and she like similar to Passing Strange has like one line maybe or like one little yeah. spotlight moment, and then mm-hmm. that's it. Um. So maybe maybe the whole mother thing at the end is kind of like reflecting on the absence like of of like a feminine <laughs> yeah and uh, how Marty's own femininity love. is a secret. So Lots let that simmer of... on your brain, yeah, audience. So much to think about. Listeners, I saw. Oh my god, I read this one review of this show. That was like so racist. Ugh. Maybe can you pull it up? A stew of black anger in the in the total bent and error five twenty. Maybe they maybe they realized that it was not the best way okay. to approach. Um, oh snap! It just it loaded. That review just loaded. Yeah, he calls it confrontational. Joe Roy's black rage simmers and boils over. White audiences may miss the grapes of his wrath. But, um... Huh. Yeah. What a lovely evening. <laughs> Alright, well, hopefully we will see more things soon. Yeah, and, and talk to you about them while slightly inebriated. Yes. Alright. Uh, We're letters from the mezzanine. Hey. Check us out. Hey. Hey. Bye. And now we uh. play. Don't you want me, baby? 
snow in the Don't you want me? I can oh, feel it coming in the air tonight. But I feel like that's more of a starter oh, song. No. That's such a. That's true. 